Welcome, friends, to the Magic Tavern. Let me pour you a nice foaming mug of nostalgia, and let's let's just talk about Magic the Gathering. But to do that, let me first introduce you to my good drinking buddy, a man who I'm sharing the table with right now, a man I have a deep love for, someone who I've spent countless hours adventuring across the physical world and across the tabletop multiverse, Hunter Hamilton. Hunter, buddy, how are you? Oh, Kenny, my friend, it is good to be back in the tavern, man. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing so well, man. I'm I'm very excited about this episode because this will be our first contemporary episode. This is our opportunity to dive into the newest set. And man, it's so good. Um, so to structure our discussion today, uh, basically... It's all going to be centered around New Ixalan. So the newest set is called The Lost Caverns of Ixalan. So in the first part of this podcast, what I'm going to do is give a summary of the lore. What happens in Lost Caverns of Ixalan? And then after that, both Hunter and I, we're going to pull up our, our lists of our top five cards from the set. We'll use that as an opportunity to dive a little bit more into mechanics and art and all that really good stuff. But then after that, that's when we're into the goods because that's when we're going to talk about Ixalan as a whole because there is the new Ixalan, but there is also the old Ixalan. And before we started recording, Hunter and I were talking about the old Ixalan and we had to cut ourselves off because we were going too deep down the nostalgia rabbit we hole. Too, we were getting too excited in it. We were talking right. about, we were reminiscing about the old memories. We were getting into it, man. Oh, all right. So, ladies and Hit gentlemen, with it. ladies and gentlemen, let me slide a glass over to you. Let me tell you about this set, Ixalan. So, the seat. The set, Ixalan. Ixalan is the name of the world that we are on. It is the plane as they're referred to in magic the gathering it can be thought of as basically a planet a world so this world is called ixalan ixalan is a dense jungle world teeming with life and there are four main factions on this world there are the plundering pirates roaming the seas hunting treasure there are the vampire conquistadors coming from lands far away and settle. There are the indigenous merfolk, protectors of the realm that they live in, and of course, the ground dwelling monsters themselves, the dinosaurs, and of course, other indigenous groups that have learned to live with the dinosaurs and ride the dinosaurs. Now, in the original Ixalan, we find ourselves, uh, we find these four factions fighting each other, rushing through the jungles, trying to be the first to find the golden city of Orazka. Now, this isn't a podcast about the lore that happens on that set. But suffice to say, that's enough of a, of a breakdown of the vibe of Ixalan. Because now we're back. And we're back on Ixalan. But this time, instead of going across the world, we're going into the world. We are finding caves go within the underground of the plain of Ixalan. Now, the story itself is broken into several different segments. Basically, 
we are following the four different factions of Ixalan, the pirates, uh, the vampire conquistadors, the merfolk, and the indigenous dinosaur riders. We are following them as they find their way through these secret tunnels and passages built by ancient civilizations that go deep underneath the world. On their way, they run into a bunch of mushroom people, uh, and we find this big bad guy called the Myco Tyrant. Uh, the mushrooms that have spelled the end of a lot of these mysterious abandoned civilizations. But we hit the big crux when we get to a big door, this big ancient door. No one knows what it does, but they all find a way to break the door open, basically. And they find that through this door is the lost cavern of Ixalan, the inside out world that is Ixalan with its own sun in the center that they call Chimil. Turns out that while everyone else has just been kind of adventuring, the vampires have been on a very specific journey. They're looking to find their god, Aklazots. Aklazots being kind of the original vampire of Ixalan. He's the one that first got vampires on the plane, and he's been chained up by the other gods. And so the vampires are coming to save him, so they go to save him, they unshackle him, and his big goal is he wants to bring in the new realm of darkness. He wants to cover the sun inside the world, and all of the other factions band together to fight the vampires. But while they're fighting, in come the mushrooms. So now you've got the mushrooms that have broken their way into the center. You've got the pirates. You've got the dinosaurs. You've got the merfolk. And then you've got the vampires all fighting. And basically, uh, they find a way to conquer uh, Aklazots. They find a way to pull him down from the sky, stop him from shutting down uh, the sun. It's pretty hilarious what happens to the mushroom, the big myco tyrant. Basically, it turns out one of the other pirates just had like a cannon. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> just blew right through him. But like it didn't kill him. It just kind of like okay. broke him apart. And so now he has kind of broken apart into little bits again. And he's planning his next uh, goal of, of uh, the, the Myco Tyrant wants to eventually find his way onto all the surfaces and spread across Ixalan. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's more or less what happens. You've got four factions. They dive into the center of the earth. They find the center of the earth. The vampires get defeated after trying to bring the end of the sun. And that's it. That's basically that's where we're at. Man. Hunter, buddy, can you give me your thoughts on the set? I gotta say, it's we're introduced to some new mechanics that's always been a tricky one for me but ixalan being what it is i'm a huge fan of now what we're calling kindred decks that means we got the archetypes we got the factions coming in and what that means of course i got a shout out to dinosaurs being one of my all-time favorites um you know i'm reminded by hearing them fucking bark like dogs in jurassic park 3 where they go they make the the raptors making the noise of they're going cool 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 something like that and i'm like what the hell is that is that's a raptor making that noise i don't even know if that's lore accurate in science, somehow, fiction, science. 
Somehow I know exactly the moment that you're talking about. Yeah, That's I thought to myself, so what the hell is that? And uh, I mean, <laughs> as soon as I saw dinosaurs, being a kid about dinosaurs, um, if it was in like Transformers or shout out to anybody know Beasties, um, shit like that. Um, dinosaurs was my first love. So that I immediately started making a deck for Magic and... Um, you know, through looking at the cards and uh, not not a lot of playing it, to be honest. I think Kenny would be the expert in that genre, in that area right there, I should say. Um, it looks a lot of fun and it looks like I'm probably going to be picking up some cards down the line because holy shit, um, there's a lot of great cards in this damn set. Uh, so, go ahead, sir. Uh... This is a great opportunity. So we've we've talked about the new set, all the lore that happens. So we basically have an idea of the setting. But I do think before we get into a discussion of the cards, because we're okay. going to be referencing older cards as well, let me Absolutely. catch listeners up on original Ixalan again. So original Ixalan came out in 2017. Okay. 2017 was... Uh, a really great year. It was when Hunter and I were still in university at the time. And um, I remember it being a fantastic set. Uh, and this was during a brief period in my life when I was working at a card store. I was working right. at a card yeah, store. Yeah. And um, I got to run the Magic the Gathering pre-releases and drafts, which for the listeners at home, those are just formats in which people... They buy booster packs of cards. They open them and play with the cards. And I was the representative at the store that would run the event. So you I were there was, from the get-go. That was ground zero. You were right there when that was all going on. Yeah, I was. I started at the tail end of the Egyptian theme set, and the first set that came out when I had started at the comic book store was the original Ixalan. Um, and Ixalan is notable for a few big things. The, the most iconic thing about Ixalan, by far the most, the thing that first comes to everyone's mind when you mention Ixalan is dinosaurs. Ooh. Dinosaurs, uh, were something that had pseudo existed in magic up until that point. Like, we had seen giant lizards. We had seen giant toothed beasts. But now Magic the Gathering was saying, you know what, guys, it's time. And we're, we're bringing you dinosaurs. We're giving you official dinosaurs. While that was very exciting for all Magic players, it was particularly exciting for you, Hunter. Oh, bro, my head exploded. I was like, I was like, okay, go into the store. That's it for me. Um, I was all on board. I was ready to smash face with dinosaurs. Kenny, ever since I was a kid, I had, um, I was, I was very thankful to have from my folks, like, you know, of all the bones about dinosaurs, I would watch all those fictional documentaries, um, about them. Of course, Jurassic Park blew my mind when I was a kid. So I was right at home. I was all about it. I was right yep. there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and what was really convenient was that at the time, our play group in university, we all kind of got attached to uh, a different faction. 
That's so right. Yeah. What I remember when Ixalan was first being spoiled, and for the listeners at home, spoiling for a set to be spoiled, basically the way sets are released is card by card. Slowly, Wizards of the Coast will say, "Hey guys, there's a new set coming out in a few months. Here is one common card." And us Magic the Gathering card fans will go nuts. We'll yep. look at those cards. We'll study them. We'll get very exciting. Get very excited. And the higher rarity the card, the more excited we would get. I remember that. So not only were dinosaurs brand new, this was also um, a new set to focus on pirates. Oh, they man. may they may have printed the pirate creature type before, but never in the full glory that it had in original Ixalan. Um, oh. And that was when, uh, you know, they printed one of my favorite cards, uh, Admiral Beckett Brass. Of course, of course. Um, Hunter, do you want to tell me about some of your favorite cards from the original Ixalan? Okay, we're getting into it. Um, Okay, well, for the folks at home, dinosaurs, I guess the strategy in dinosaurs um, is about just basically beating the crap out of your opponent with giant lizards, making them fight things with this enrage mechanic. So the enrage mechanic was you deal one damage to your creature, and then that will activate and it will trigger something to where your creature can fight a uh, target creature. Um, maybe it can pump something up. And right, we're going to get into it. Here are some of my favorite uh, cards in the uh, original ixalan block first of all and kenny knows we were literally talking about this before we recorded folks regisar alpha all right let's talk about regisar regisar alpha um it's a four four it's uh it's green red and three colorless creature dinosaur first of all folks other dinosaurs you control have haste okay so you want to get in you want to be swinging at things it's happening it's going down you're getting ready to fight it's getting it's it's getting ugly, uh, and when this card enters, you get a three three dinosaur token with trample. So immediately you're getting car you're getting two bodies for the price of one, and you can swing because it has haste. Okay, this is a dinosaur. It's a T Rex wearing armor, folks. Please Google it at home. We're an audio podcast. We're trying to figure this out. But once I saw a T-Rex wearing armor, it was over. I was, was done. Over. I thought that broke Kenny. That was the first card where I was like, yes, this is this is the deck I'm making. I want to make it. dinosaurs. This is happening. And I and I clearly I clearly remember we're in the backspace. Uh we're playing magic. And I think I just I just got one and I played like carnage tyrant don't worry we're gonna go into this and uh, and everybody at the table was like and i was like it has it was like you can't swing with that and i went has haste and people were like oh and i was like damn dinosaurs what are we doing folks what are we doing oh good um i have to i i have to fanboy so hard that you were talking about pirates how do pirates play kenny please enlighten me so pirates uh debuted in original ixalan with a mechanic called raid a very fitting uh mechanic the same way that enrage is a very fitting mechanic for dinosaurs mechanic for pirates was rage uh which basically meant that you got bonuses if your creatures attacked or were attacking 
Um, So uh, there were a lot of different pirates that would say, when this pirate attacks, you get a treasure token. Or when three pirates attack, you get this triggered ability. Or if you dealt damage to a player with a pirate this turn, this happens. Um, So raid was very much... Uh, what what it brings to mind is ship to ship warfare, swinging in from the rafters, right? Grabbing a rope and swinging across the ocean to hop on another ship. What we're doing is we're encouraging people to attack each other. And my favorite card, one of my favorite cards of all time, is a card called Hostage Taker. Ooh. Hostage Taker is a a four mana, two blue and a black. For a 2-3. Now, those aren't great stats. Four mana for a 2-3. But what Hostage Taker does is when it enters the battlefield, it takes a creature that an opponent controls, and I get to have it. It gets exiled with my Hostage Taker. And if I pay its mana cost, I get to cast it myself. So pirates, you know, Hunter, pirates steal things. We love that. We love pirates stealing things. And how how effective is it when Hostage Taker swings in from my hand onto the battlefield and grabs your best creature and ties him up in the brig on my pirate ship? It's so good. Just, um, just the fact that it's like, hey, can I have this? Oh, it's mine now. It's mine now. Um, it, I, am I reminded that what that you can pay any amount of mana and then it's addition to a, a it becomes a pirate as well. Is um, that what Hostage Taker does? This is what they ended up doing. Um, okay. The original Hostage Taker, no, you don't. You don't get to that thing that you take doesn't become a pirate. But in the art of the card hunter, so you're talking yes. about oh, dinosaurs. Okay. You're talking about dinosaurs wearing armor. Well, in this audio-only podcast, I'll allow <laughs> me to now dive into some of my favorite art. Please do. The art, my friends, we see a triumphant pirate uh, standing along the edge of her ship, in one hand a rope attached to the rafters, in another hand a large blade, and that blade connects to the throat of another creature. Um, and that creature has a pirate coat put over top of them and okay, yeah and what's super cool is that this creature that has the blade to its throat uh, very much looks like a vampire which is so on flavor because oh. it's a pirate taking a faction from another team and making it a pirate making it fight for your side very cool very very cool um but uh yeah so that's that's just a, a a little taste of of original Ixalan. What do you think, Hunter? Should we should we talk a little bit more about original Ixalan, or should we? Get yeah, in- man. I mean, we can talk about more of our favorite cards. I've got a couple of them on the on the docket here. Not just dinosaurs, although a lot of them are. I could keep listing them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what, Hunter? The people want to hear the names. Could you give us a few more dinosaurs? Oh names? hell yeah, man! I got you. Okay, folks, coming in. This is my. So that was probably number one, number one pick. Number two, Kenny, it's, you know him, you love him. It's Rampaging Ferocidon, okay? It's a fucking dinosaur that's probably the size of an elephant, okay? 
it's uh what we look at is a giant raptor it's standing over the it's standing on top of the course of a uh, corpse of a dead triceratops okay it's a uh, it's one red and two colorless um first of all it has menace so it takes two creatures to block it all right also players all of us we can't gain life okay so i got you there now, one last thing this <laughs> fucking crazy card does. Whenever, uh, whenever another creature enters the battlefield, Rampaging Ferocidon deals one damage, one damage to that uh, creature's controller. So that counts me as well. So you got to kind of play with this card a little strategically. But the, but the, um, And Kenny can attest, folks, that a lot of games I have slipped under the radar with Rampaging Ferocidon. Um, like somebody Absolutely. makes a bunch of bunch of squirrel tokens, for example. Like, let's say you make 15 squirrel tokens, Shazam, you're taking 15 damage. Um, this is also a 3-3, mind you. So underrated card. Um, the fact that players can't gain life, you're shutting that down. So take that white. Uh kind of cracked. And up to this point, I was running, I think four of them in my current dinosaur 60 card deck but lately um and i we can look it up later but i've replaced it with marauding raptor which essentially it deals damage to it's got that enrage mechanic where it comes in uh it deals one damage to something it, it gets plus two plus oh um and that card has taken its place but now with lost caverns of ixalan with some new dinosaurs into the fold not to mention folks that gashoth with that sexy uh alt art that has come in oh, um i lost my mind i i mean i already, i already have one thank god from a pre-release but jesus christ um i love the art i love dinosaurs it's over like it's bad it's bad that now we have another printing of gashoth um cracked card bro cracked card <laughs> <laughs> uh for the for the listeners at home let me let me give a a really break a really brief breakdown um of a of a concept called power creep yes power creep um is present in all collector card games so basically the idea is how do you get people to keep buying magic cards or how do you get people, or even just cards in general, how do you get people to continue to buy your cards? Well, one thing you can do is make new, interesting, bold cards. Um, so this card may be good, but this card is good in a different way, right? That is uh, ideal to how a card game grows. Power creep refers to another way in which players are motivated to buy cards in which cards are made more powerful. So to make you want to buy the new set of magic cards or the new set of Yu-Gi-Oh cards or the new set of Pokemon cards, to make you want to buy this newest set, these new cards are more powerful than the ones that you have back home. This works in the short term. Because everyone will say, well, yeah, I need the new cards. They're better. So if I want to stand a chance playing my cards against other people, I need to have the newest stuff. However, over time, if you keep making your cards more and more and more powerful, what you end up doing is making all cards previously collected irrelevant. And that makes players upset. 
Now, mm. why am I describing this whole process? Because Gishoth is a dinosaur that was oh. brought back in 2017 and is so good that it was printed as is at its original rarity mythic in a modern 2023 set because it is just so good. Can you recall the price that Gashoth was um, at its highest? Oh, you know you what? Seeing, what? Like 60 bucks or something like that? I, I want to say Gishoth was in the, the at least the 40s. Okay, uh, at least in the 40 range. Um, yeah, I'll let you get that on the docket. Let's guess. Yeah. I'm gonna for the folks at home. Um, I know that we're probably talking a lot about Gashoth. Um, and I will bring this up to you. Uh, and in fact, I'm looking at the new art printing right here. Um, folks, in the past, it was a giant kind of rainbowed, rainbow colored T Rex. Think of like the Indominus Rex from Jurassic uh, World there. And now we have like the Lion King version of its leading a whole pack of dinosaurs. Um, folks, this is uh, red, green, white, and five colorless. This is a big creature, so five, six, seven. You're, it's an eight-mana drop creature, okay? It's a legendary eight. creature. Dinosaur avatar. That's what you're dealing with. Uh, it's got vigilance, so that means that it doesn't need to tap and activate when you're attacking with it. It's got trample, so your trample damage is going to travel over. You've got haste, so it's going to attack right off the bat, okay, folks? It's a 7-6. It's swinging at your face for 7 damage. When Gashoth deals combat damage to a player, reveal that many cards from the top of your library, and you put any, I repeat, any, any. number of dinosaur creature cards from among them on the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So let's say I hit you and you block and you take five. Bro, I'm still looking five cards. And if those are all dinosaurs, I just get to have those and put those on the battlefield. That's how cracked that is, okay? This is I no bullshit. We're not, we're not bullshitting around. And this was a card that a lot of people were seeking. One of the big ones. One of the big ones. Um, Kenny, do you have that price point by uh, on that little uh, little tidbit there? So it's interesting here, Hunter. I, I yeah. brought it up uh, on one of my favorite websites for tracking uh, prices of cards. Okay. And uh, what, what it has to me is that Gishoth was actually never really that crazy. Oh, really? Okay. I thought, I mean, I thought it was. I... I might go so far as to say that this is incorrect because okay. what our typical for the listeners at home, there is a website mm. called MTG stocks and it is a website that tracks the value of cards over time. According to MTG stocks, Gishoth was at its peak uh, back in the day, $7. <laughs> which, whoa. My heart simply refuses to believe. I, I, uh, I, uh, I guess maybe I was looking at the foil versions of uh, maybe, the, dude. I don't know. I don't seven dollars, or maybe people are going after. I remember Carnage Tyrant was a big one, or maybe that's just gone to uh, Zakama now. Or shout out to the oh, professor no. that in his deep dive he calls it Zakama. 
Zakama. Zakama. <laughs> Zakama. That would Zaki be what he Daki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, until it's an un, un, until its most recent reprint, uh, it looks like it was sitting in the uh in the fifteen dollar range. Okay. Um, I, I, I imagine now it's probably like four bucks. I don't know. Well, actually, what's interesting is that the price of the original printing has gone up while the current price, the the newest reprint, is ten dollars. Okay. Okay. Um, so a steady, steady ten. Yeah. Yeah. But uh what a card. So what a card. How in summary of, of OG. Oh, you know what? No, we can't do summary just yet. I gotta jump no? in. Okay. So we've talked about one of my favorite art cards uh, and and flavor and mechanics is Hostage Taker. But the card that really, Hunter, really, truly won me over to Pirates was Admiral Beckett Grass. Hell yeah. Very human pirate herself. A four cost, one generic, one blue, one black, one red. And she's a 3-3 three, three that gives other pirates plus one, plus one. But she also says, at the beginning of your end step, I get to gain control of target non-land permanent controlled by a player who is dealt combat damage by three or more pirates. Meaning that Ooh. if I hit someone directly with three pirates, I get to take whatever I want from them. In this podcast, that is an audio format in which we cannot see the art. <laughs> it is so important that I describe to the listeners just how iconic the pose that Admiral Beckett Brass takes in the art of this. To describe it to the listeners, what, what I've talked about before is this idea of pirates swinging in from the rafters. Hell well, yeah. Here's Admiral Beckett Brass standing in the crater that she created from one of her, one of her cannons, blowing, the, blowing a hole in the side of this ship. There she is standing almost as a silhouette in that very hole. And in the background, we see three more pirates swinging onto the ship behind her. It is just, oh. And she's the got her, yeah, she's got her goons coming in and like, cue the pirates of the Caribbean music. I want you, if you're on your lunch break or something, like I want you to Google the photo of what we're talking about right now. Sorry, uh, Ken, continue. I no, I, I think what you're telling the listeners is important. I yes. would agree. If you have the opportunity, do it. But um another thing past magic cards is that every once in a while they will have something called flavor text, which is basically uh an additional little delicious addition of of lore to the card itself that's inserted at the bottom of the card. And so in this case, the flavor text on the bottom of Admiral Beckett Brass's card is you and your ship will make a fine addition to my fleet. Oh, the flavor yeah. is unreal right That's now. That's so cool. Okay. That's it. That's it. We're done. Okay. That's it. Okay. We've conquered it. We've oh, done it. We've, we've done, done it. it. We've, we've covered. And, and for the listeners at home, please... Please know there are so many other important relevant cards. Oh God! But we're not. We don't. We can't talk about all those. We just need to tell you about the ones that really matter to us. Because now it's time to transition from original Ixalan to day Ixalan. And ladies and gentlemen, 
if I could if I could kick this off, Hunter, let me tell yes, you please do. that ever since we knew that we were going back to Ixalan, ever since Wizards of the Coast, the makers of Magic the Gathering, said that we would be returning to the plane, all of us knew that that would mean we get a new Admiral Beckett Brass. We knew they'd have to bring back the iconic character, Admiral Beckett Brass, and they did. They did. And her name is Admiral Brass Unsinkable. She costs five mana. She's too generic, a blue, a black, and a red. So basically one extra mana than she was before. She's still a 3-3. And she says that when she enters the battlefield, you mill four cards from the top of your library. So you put cards from your library into your graveyard. And of combat on my turn, I can return a pirate card from my graveyard to the battlefield. Except it's a 4-4, it gains haste, and it gets a finality counter, which is a counter that says when the creature would die, it gets exiled. Instead okay. Of okay, I gotcha. Hunter buddy. Oh my god. Why is this? I have not yet been able to play with this new Admiral Beckett Brass. And it's driving me nuts, man. It's driving me nuts. I haven't had oh, dude. her grace the battlefield. Uh well, in addition to the set being um released, we have some so what uh wizards um the format of commander now me and ken are very uh we've played 60 card for a long time you know it's kind of a grab and go you can get in multiple games if you want to play even more magic um crazy i know uh shout out to sheldon menry the creator uh r.i.p creator of this format um uh, created it with a hundred card decks and so with this new Beckett Brass, she is included as the commander or the general in this sense. Um, and let me the tell Admiral, you, Kenny. If you will. Admiral, absolutely. And um, uh, folks, I'm in Charlottetown. The game store had delays. We have delays of, uh, of getting the decks. So I'm in pain. I want to buy them. Do I want the Pirate Commander deck? Absolutely. Do I want the Dinosaur deck? Oh, of course as hell I do. I'm hankering at the bit. With the the holiday season upon us, I have to wait, and it's killing me. And I'm right there with you, Kenny, when I think that the Pirate Commander deck looks absolutely gorgeous. I love everything about it and more. Because, folks, let's not get things to... um, when Kenny was building pirates and I'll, I'll gush about here watching the pirates in action, watching him steal things, watching him um, be a bit of a menace with them. I was so attracted that of course I ended up making my own pirate deck as well. And late in tonight's, we would have a pirate war. And I will say that Kenny's the pirate prince as much as, I, I I I troll. Kenny's deck is just—it's more pretty than mine. Um, he's flexing with the Ragavans. We'll get into that card. Besides Ixalan, that's probably the best red drop ever. I'm gonna say that. That's oh, a hot take. Man. We gotta talk about Ragavan we, in a minute. God, or oh, you can that, do it that, now. That is the whole tangent. We got it. We oh got it right now. Okay, we got to pilot now. Um, but. <laughs> 
See, what we're getting that excited because this was a set that unearthed so many crazy things. And the fact that, you know, Wizards is banking on that, but I think they've hit a home run with this one. Ooh. Um Kenny, let me let me ask you a question. Um, having you drafted it um in the city of Toronto with some of the playgroup over there, what have you noticed? What have you liked about the interaction? What can you tell me about playing with some of the cards that uh that have come out with this set? Oh man, I I will say uh I I've been lucky enough to engage with this set. Uh I, I've, I've actually engaged with this set a lot more than I have in a lot of the most recent sets that have come out recently. Um, I have drafted this set, which means that I've opened up a box, distributed the booster packs, and uh, assembled the card, which I would then build a deck and play against people with. But I have yes. also played um, a pre-release which is to buy a uh, a separate smaller product that contains six booster packs, which you then build a deck out of and you play. And Hunter, buddy, I got to tell you, it oh, has dude. been an absolute blast Ooh. both times. And this is important because often when you play when you draft a set your your decks are not often super powerful uh because you don't have the entire multiverse to pull from you have the one set that they have designed for you and you're going to make the best out of the tools that they give you in that set but boy does lost caverns of ixalan ever give the players lots of fun tools all right so one of the, the headlining mechanics of this set is something called Discover, which is uh, a fantastic name, first of all, Discover. But what Discover is, is randomness. And randomness is so much fun. Okay. What you do is, is Discover works where you will just simply exile an arbitrary number of cards off the top of your library until you hit a card that meets a certain criteria and you get to cast it for free. So you don't know. That's why it's called Discover because you don't know what you're going to get off the top of your library. You just have to exile until you hit something and then you get to play it. And sometimes it's something really big most of the time it's not most of the time it's smaller spell or it's you know a a a a, a smaller less immediate game piece uh that mm. doesn't have much of an effect but anyway all of this to say discover is woven into the fabric of the gameplay and it's a great mechanic to have woven in another mechanic is called craft and craft is a mechanic that uses a lot of resources that you wouldn't otherwise use. So craft says, as long as you've got this card on the battlefield, you can pay this mana cost and you can use cards from your graveyard to exile. And if you have enough of them, you get to flip the card over and it does something crazy on the other side. Okay. Huh? Um, and so in my experience, the people playing this set so far have had a really great time. 
because the cards are powerful and very thematic. Like you feel like you're on Ixalan when when you play with this set. Yeah, yeah. We're that it's that really uh cool. that like like we're back, you know. I think, and we talked about this amongst uh, amongst with uh, with uh, with friends and play groups of, um, uh, folks. Let's take you back into Magic history for a little bit of having blocks and blocks. Of course, were kind of the thematic sets of maybe we were in a block of three sets for a time. And this is before the deal of Hasbro, where Magic was, um, you know, they were they were they had well crafted blocks, uh, for example. And I'm sure that we'll make an episode on it. But they had one of all about Mongolian warfare, and we Ooh. were there for a bit of a time. It's um, along with the same thing. So this was kind of I feel as though this set is hearkening back to those times. And for people like me and Ken, I would imagine Kenny. I don't want to speak for you that. We're, we're it's like it's like it's like nostalgia we're back in that time you know and now and i, I have a smile on my face just hearing about uh, what like we're back on ixalan like this is the reprise this is the renaissance period oh. we got we got more pirates we got more merfolk we got all the tribes coming back for another go i still remember seeing cards like vona conquistador pirates um I could go on and on. I don't know. Like it's just cre- and now that they've had like craft and like new artifacts and stuff, like it's getting crazy. And and it came back stronger than ever. And I think Magic fans are happy. And that's really hard to do. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Magic Magic fans are a a tough group to please. Yes. Um and I I got to tell you Hunter, I think one of the most incredible things about this set is that you can play it and you're it you're just you're back in the world you just feel like you're just back in the world um but we've got the 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 contemporary power level woven into the world so the original ixalan from 2017 by modern standards wouldn't live up to the power level we might want Magic players overall tend to want more and more powerful cards, even if that might not be good for the health of the game. We love powerful cards. We all love powerful cards. And when we get powerful cards, it's always very exciting. And Wizards of the Coast knows that. So what they want to do is they want to drip feed us. They want to give us little powerful cards at a time. So that way we can build powerful decks slowly. But, um, this is a this is a great tangent to go on here, Hunter. Okay. Uh, let's let's take a minute and let's let's talk about the art of the mm. set. The the art of returning to a world. Um, because when magic sets come out, there's one of two options. We're either going to a brand new location or we're going back to one yes. that we've already been to before. And I got to tell you, Hunter, we've done a few big revisits in the last few years. That's right. Some of those revisits have been my absolute favorite sets of all time. Now, we'll spend a whole podcast talking about (laughs) our love of Kamigawa. Oh, dude. Yep. It's coming. Kamigawa is a great example. We first went to Kamigawa back in the early 2000s, I think. I I don't actually have the numbers in front of me, but in the early 2000s was our first visit. 
We went back to Kamigawa uh, last year or this year. Recently, we went yep. back to Eldraine and it was Ooh, awesome. Right. We did we did a storybook set where we were out in the wilds. Uh, so we had Wilds of Eldraine. We had Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. And now... Uh, Dominaria. Dominaria. Dominaria, absolutely. Dominaria remastered. And that was different because that was a set purely of reprints. Oh, is it? Um, Okay. But it was, it was, it was again tugging on those nostalgic heartstrings because we're seeing the cards themselves that we played back in the day hand picked into a new set of cards. Um, but the thing about these return sets like Kamigawa, Wilds of Eldraine, and now Lost Caverns of Ixalan is that they bring the new power and a new flavor idea and they mesh it with the most beloved elements of the original set. And it just has been working so well, Hunter. Tell me, tell me about your thoughts. You know, I really like what you said of you're seeing, you know, like we, 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 we go to this plane and we're introduced to this new world and then we come back and um, not uh, not taking away that we were talking about Admiral Beckett Brass. And there's a perfect example right there of, you know, we see her where it looks like, you know, she's a she's she's a prominent captain. She's getting the job done. She's fearless. But in this new, we want to we want to see these characters again. We want to see like, well, what happened? Like, are they still around? And we have this and describing the art. Um, again, audio podcast. Hello, um, <laughs> <laughs> unsinkable. Uh, where you see uh, Beckett Brass once again, um, kind of in like a heavenly portrait. The sun is like in front of her. She's got a sword. She's got gray hair. All the pirates are behind her. It looks like they're sailing through a cave. She's a seasoned captain at this point. Like she's on it. She's she's already ahead of it. And seeing stuff like that um, gets me excited. Go ahead. And notably, she's holding her hat. This yes, she, yes. she's wearing it. And and Admiral Beckett Brass wears this big bold pirate hat. Like think of a pirate hat turned up to eleven. Like this pirate hat is the tallest, widest. It doesn't really make much sense for someone who would be swinging from ship to ship. I don't know how that <laughs> hat really, really plays out logistically when it comes to boarding an enemy ship. But in the newest iteration, there she is. She's holding it, and her locks of hair are flowing in the wind. Can we talk about? Um, real quick, I know it's a tangent, but can we talk about the legend of Carrie Zev and Ragavan and what we have with Ragavan now? Well, so I don't is think that okay? <laughs> Carrie Zev wasn't from Ixalan. Oh, is she not? Oh, she's my not. apologies. Okay. Carrie Zev, Carrie Zev is a pirate, but she's from a different set. She's from a a, a set called Kaladesh. Um, oh. but the reason why this ties into the, the, the story that we're telling here is because yep. of course, Carrie Zev is uh, a pirate who is closely tied with another monkey pirate who became an icon, uh, maybe one of the most played pirates. It certainly the most played pirate of all oh, yeah. time. Uh, but 
this these are different pirates in a different world. So unfortunately, quite to Ixalan. Certainly, certainly a tangent will go on, but uh, <laughs> no should, worries. Yeah, stay Ixalan focused instead, Hunter. Maybe I can introduce you to another new love of mine. This new love is called the Myco Tyrant. Fungus among us. What you need to know about the Myco Tyrant, and that's his name, is that <laughs> his creature type is legendary elder fungus. Hell yeah. That's so important. <laughs> it's so important that listeners understand that the moment I read that, I knew that Ixalan held my heart in its hand. Oh, the, yes. moment, the moment that I realized that Magic the Gathering had provided me with a legendary creature with the type Elder Fungus, I was on this do whatever else it wanted. Um, yeah, yeah. This is also important because, Hunter, of course, you know, one of my most beloved 60-card decks is a deck I called my Shroomy Boys. Absolutely. All about little mushroom men and multiplying them. Um, the pitter-patter of mushroom feet. The little, the little soft pattering of, of mushroom <laughs> feet that we would hear across the battlefield as I would lead them to victory. Um, it's it's absolutely one of my favorite decks. I, I I love it dearly. I mean, I could say that about all of my decks. Every of course, one of my of decks course. is to some extent one of my favorite decks. But um, uh, I built a Shroomy Boys deck many, many years ago. And here we are many, many years later, and Wizards of the Coast is providing me an Elder Fungus, which is a three-cost star star me power and toughness are uh redefined based on uh a certain based on the text in its text box so first thing to understand is that it has trample the other thing is that its power and toughness are equal to the number of creatures i control that are funguses or saprolins already crazy already mad exciting because because my Shroomy Boys deck is a deck that just by itself, ha- it's very normal to have five, six, seven creatures on the field. Now the Myco Tyrant here, the legendary Elder Fungus, is a three-cost creature that's power and toughness are equal to the number of creatures I control. That means that for three mana, I could get a 7-7, seven, 8-8, seven, eight, eight, Hell, a 15-15 with Trample. For three mana. He has other abilities. Um, He also says that at the beginning of my end step, I get to make a number of Black Fungus creature tokens uh, where X is the number of times that I've descended, which is a way of saying the number of cards that have entered the graveyard that turn. Um, now this is not ability, an ability that is particularly relevant to my deck, but I'll find a way to make it relevant as we, do you, do you, as, do you have, do you have it? Do you have it like amongst cards you have? Have you pulled I one yet? I don't have a copy. Oh, of damn, it. damn it. Dude. I, oh, bro, I'm, it's going in the deck. It's, it's done. It's done. The question is how many. Oh, dude, yes. Can I get my hands on and how quickly can I do it? As though I needed an excuse to buy more booster packs, Hunter. 
I mean, that's totally valid because I feel the same way about magic almost all the time. So you're not yeah. wrong there. Um, um, isn't it like a mushroom on a throne? It's like a sentient mushroom on a yes, throne or something like that? Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. And and the smile on his face. Oh my gosh. Bro, it looks like uh it looks like um the, the grave mind in Halo 2. If anybody knows what that is, Whoa. shout out to the grave mind in Halo. It's the if if you did an alt art um proxy of the, the of the mushroom elder fungus as the grave mind, you have oh. my thanks, sir. Hunter, have that's my a great thing. idea. That's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, it does look awesome. But actually, this is a this is a great opportunity to bring mm. up a, a, a very cool parallel between uh, the newest Ixalan, Lost Caverns, and the old Ixalan of 2017. So the old Ixalan of 2017 had a key ability called Ascend. And mm -hmm. Ascend basically said, look, your card has this ability, but if when you cast it, you control 10 permanents, you get this ability instead, and it's a much more powerful version. So Ascend is basically a mechanic that says late game, the spell gets more powerful because you'll have 10 permanents on the field, right? That's Ascend. Well, now we're going back to Ixalan, and we're going deep into the caves. So do you know what we're doing, Hunter? What is that? We're descending. Yeah. We're descending. So now in this set, there's descend. So in original Ixalan, there's ascend. In the new Ixalan, there's descend. So good. So perfect. They're just um, hitting all the. They're hitting all the flavor buttons at once. I, and it's showing how cool it is. I gotta tell you, Hunter, I, I feel like this episode is a lot of just two nerds in a room talking about how much <laughs> they love this one particular thing. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fucking good. It's pretty, yeah. like I'm not finding a lot of downside in like you get your elder fungus. We're getting a reprint of, of Gashath. Um, do we take this? I mean, I don't want to steer away from you. Do we? Do we take this moment now? To talk about our top five cards, is you know this what? the moment? Is this the uh, moment? I think that that's. I think that is the moment that we go through. So, um, I've already, I've already spoiled my my <laughs> top pick is Admiral Beckett Brass unsinkable. Yeah, yep, my it's unsinkable. Pick, my second pick is the Myco Tyrant. So okay. we've got Admiral Brass as my favorite. We've got Legendary Elder Fungus as my second. So, Hunter, would you like to catch your first and your second favorite cards of the set? Well, I'll do you one better. I'm going to go across the way of... I'll start from my... This is my fifth pick, okay? This is fifth pick overall. Oh, you're going to start from the bottom? Yeah, I'll start up. from the bottom. I'm going to work my way up. So, my first one, uh, it's a surprise. It's Poison Dart Frog. <gasps> Poison Dart Frog. I think this card is actually fantastic. Um... Uh, let me give you it's a one it's it's a green card it's one forest and uh one uh generic it has reach it's a little poisonous frog sitting in the uh the jaw of a skull okay so wow and it's looking very cute he's uh, just got the can, biggest little smile this he's little, got frog. The little smile yeah you you you, you want to hold them in your hand 
and he's got you can tap him to add one mana of any color. That's already pretty insane. And uh, you can tap two, um, and Poison Dark Frog gains Death Touch, which is if it deals da- if uh, whenever something deals damage to it, it's immediately gonna die. Uh, card's kind of mad. I love the flavor. I love that it's just a frog, little guy, just a little guy. And that is my fifth pick. I had. I love this. I love this. I I also want to point out that we we got to talk about the fact that you're enjoying the flavor. And yes. we're talking about a frog sitting in the jaw of a skull. <laughs> so that's, that's how sick happened. is that? How sick Absolutely. is that? Do you want to, do you want to read the flavor text for us, buddy? Absolutely. Uh, the flavor text says bright as any dinosaur. And just as with other great hunters, it's colors are a warning. Oh Said my by Watley, who is the dinosaur planeswalker. Oh my goodness, dude. That's fifth. That's my fifth pick. Great that's fucking part, dude. That's hell yeah, man. Hell little, yeah. little little frog with death touch. A little frog with death touch. Isn't that evocative of the the dense jungle theme that Ixalan has? Poison dart frogs. Like, what do we have here? What do we what, what do we have in terms of like the wildlife? Not to mention fucking reach. If this is a common, I this is a common. Yeah, uh, dude. This is a, that's insane to me. That's a common. I was like, what? Absolutely. Oh my god. Uh, number two, number two. Um, which uh, it's really crazy. It's Earth Shaker Dreadmaw. Okay, another green card. Are you surprised? It's two forests and four generic. It's a six-six trampler. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card for each other dinosaur you control. So a little card advantage for green, which is pretty cool. And Kenny, uh, it's really funny because when I first saw the card art, I didn't realize that the Earthshaker Dreadmaw was in a cave. I thought he was at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, so I did was like, you? Yeah, because like the, the cave is like swirling upward. It's basically like a yeah, Godzilla dinosaur that's like in a cave standing on top of a rock. And I thought, I'm like, oh, he's in like a typhoon or something. This is kind of crazy. But, uh, you know, a 6-6 Lord, um, that's just cool art-wise. I don't even know if it's actually that good. But that's why he's my fourth pick. Hunter, <laughs> Hunter. Okay. That's, that, that is such, I'm, I'm in love with your pick so far, dude. I'm okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Is, yeah. It's in no, this, like, good order here. This is a fantastic pick. And also, I... Uh, you know, any any listener who is well-versed in Magic the Gathering lore would probably be screaming at us that we've gotten this far without bringing up Colossal Dreadmaw. Oh, shit. Well, yeah. But no, 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 Hunter. It's not too late. You've brought up a great thing right now. So, oh, my God. Yeah. The, the listeners at home, Colossal Dreadmaw, it's, it's a good thing that we've covered all the ground about basic Ixalan. Because at this, this point, this everyone knows what we're talking about with basic Ixalan. In basic Ixalan, original Ixalan, 2017 Ixalan, there was a card printed at Common called uh, Colossal Dreadmaw. And it was a six cost, six six with trample. That's it. It cost That's it. generic, two green, and it was a six six with trample. Now, Colossal Dreadmaw was a good card, you know. No one really had any problems with it. But what's really funny is that after that set, uh, there were, 
I believe three consecutive sets, meaning three sets in a row where Colossal Dreadmaw was reprinted. So Get out of here. Whoa, that's crazy. Colossal Dreadmaw was printed in original Ixalan, but then it was also reprinted in a special set called, uh, uh, I believe, Magic 25, um, okay. which was uh, one of the uh, special sets. And, and so in that set, they picked one card from every year, and the card that they picked for 2017 was Colossal Dreadmaw. And then after that, they printed a corset and they reprinted Colossal Dreadmaw. <laughs> and so the Magic the Gathering community went nuts. They said, well, obviously Wizards of the Coast is trying to tell us that Colossal Dreadmaw is the best card of all time. <laughs> because they just keep reprinting it. You can't... Why is it still here? <laughs> and, but it is, and it was ever present. And and that kind of like got people thinking, well, I guess Colossal Dreadmaw is it's just always going to be around so with that context in mind again yes. going to ixalan we've got big fan bases so much in the same way that going back to ixalan meant that fans of pirates knew that there was going to be a new admiral beckett brass we all expected that wizards of the coast was going to reprint colossal dreadmaw Obviously, they're going to reprint Colossal Dreadmaw, and then they print Earthshaker Dreadmaw. Which That's has, metal as hell. That's metal which as has hell. the same stats. It's a six-cost, six-six with Trample, but he has an additional ability where you get to draw a card for each other dinosaur you control, right? So they basically, they said, not only... Are we going to reprint Colossal Dreadmaw? We're going to make it. And Magic players rejoice. That's like that's like um a reference. That's like if someone you know how you have like Ratman in Portal, and then someone makes a comic about Ratman. Yes, it's like that. It's like you're paying tribute to the thing that you made because yep. apparently Wizards loved Colossal Dreadmaw. They did. I really love that story. That's awesome. Yeah, and and that's that's so great that you'd pick Earthshaker Dreadmaw. That's such a great. That is that is such like I'm kind of upset I didn't think about bringing that up because that is such a, a great encapsulation of one of of one of the reasons why players are so excited about this set. God, Hunter, this set is just such a home run, man. Uh, well, let's so keep let's let's keep going with it. You hit me with your next card, your next two. So my my next card that was a uh, a uh, 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 for me is uh, is called Roaming Throne. Roaming, Roaming Throne. Throne. Now Roaming Throne is an artifact. It's an artifact creature, and uh, Roaming Throne costs four generic mana. That's it. Four generic, four of any color, and it's a four four with Ward two, meaning that it has protection basically. You can't target it with nasty spells and abilities unless you pay an additional two mana, uh, which tends to scare away your opponents from targeting it. But what Roaming Throne's real ability is, is that when it enters the battlefield, you get to choose what creature type you want it to be, mm. which is interesting. But then what it says is that once you've chosen that creature type, whatever other creature you control 
is of the same type, whenever it has a triggered ability, that ability triggers an additional time. Okay. Whoa. Is crazy. Hunter, that can get ridiculous. That can Hunter, get ridiculous. I'm going to make a very bold claim on this podcast right here, right now. And Tell me. The great thing is that it's recorded now, but I'm calling it now. Roaming Throne will become the most expensive card of this set. The most expensive original card printed in this set given uh, maybe a year. It will be the most sought after card. That's a hot take. That's yep. a hot take. He said it here, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. The reason why I'm saying that, Hunter, is because this this card is perfectly situated to go in every kindred deck moving forward. Every deck that focuses on a creature type wants this card in it because it just makes it so that way all creature cards do double as much as they did before. And because when it enters, you get to choose what creature type it is, that means it's universal. It goes in everything. It goes in your dinosaur deck that doubles your dinosaur triggers. It goes in my pirate decks that double my raid triggers. It, It is the new kindred card. Um, so I'm very excited about it. This is a very interesting pick. This is actually, um, I like your observation. I can't help but think of, and I'm not going to go too far off the rails of um, of Elishnorn. If you made like a Phyrexian deck with this, oh, that, dear God, that yeah. sounds disgusting. Um, I won't get I won't get into that. But if if you know what we're talking about, then God help us. <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one um wow yeah my next one um okay uh we're getting to the third one now um don't worry it's not just dinosaurs folks but i couldn't help but pick and i'm gonna probably butcher the name here kenny it's quinth firstborn of gashoth it's a it's a it's a red and a green uh, legendary creature dinosaur. It's basically like a little raptor of Gashoth, like a little offspring, a very cute little raptor. It's got haste. When its quinth firstborn of Gashoth enters the battlefield, you may pay two, so you don't have to, but if you may, when you do, target dinosaur you control deals damage equal to its power to another target. So let's say you have a big baddie dinosaur. I'm thinking of Gashoth. I'm thinking yep. of Zakama. You just another target, okay? So you can just you can just smash face, and you can uh, make someone have a bad time. Um, it's on flavor. I love it. Um, the more I think, and they released. Uh, I I believe they released all kindred um, decks, uh, commander decks. And um, what's funny enough is that I made, uh, listeners, I made a Zakama deck. Um, Zakama, you know, uh, really quickly. Vigilance Reach Trample. When it enters, if you cast it, untap all lands you control. Um, it's a 9-9 dinosaur that is just pretty broken. Just um, does a whole lot of things. It just does a whole lot of things. You can blow up, you can gain life, you can kill artifacts. And now that... I made it kind of Zakama good stuff. The more dinosaurs that are coming out, in addition, I might just 
basically rip it apart completely and uh, make it Dinosaur Kindred. Um, I'm that excited about it. And with new additions like this, where you can just basically pew-pew anything off the board, come on, man. This is oh. getting ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous at this point. Like, Well, and how fantastic is it, Hunter, that, you know, Gishoth, one of the, like, maybe the dinosaur that, that really inspired your love uh, of this creature type, and now they're giving you Gishoth's son. Yeah, you're getting Littlefoot as, like, Gishoth's Littlefoot. Yeah, Littlefoot, so, I love that. Little, so we're already, like, we're adding on to the lore of, like, okay, now we're seeing, like, the offspring of Gishoth. Like, what comes next? So good. So that's mine. What do you got next there for me? All right, I'm going to jump in. Um, so another interesting thing that Ixalan has been really good at is giving us new removal spells. Ooh. Removal is uh, a very key part of Magic the Gathering. Um, the game is all about conflict, and it's all about having uh, the biggest thing on the field, having big creatures. Naturally, when you're filling the board with big things, if your opponent has bigger things, there's not much for you to do. So you need to be able to kill those creatures, and that's why there's lots of removal spells, as we call them. Um, there's a new removal spell that's been printed in this set uh, that I think is seeing a, a very justifiable amount of hype, uh, and it's got a great name. It's called Get Lost. <laughs> okay, I don't know this one. Let's it's go. Called, it's called Get Lost, and Hunter, it costs a, a generic and a white at instant speed. Okay. And so for, for two mana, at instant speed, you can destroy a creature or an enchantment or a planeswalker. And when oh. you and when you do, you provide your opponent with two map tokens. Now okay. map, map tokens are another ability uh in this set where you get to create a little artifact that's called a map and when you use the map, what you do is you get to look at the top card of your library, and if it's a land, you put it into your hand, and if it's not a land, uh, you put it back on top of your library, and you put a plus one, plus one counter on your on a creature. Okay. So you give your opponent two map tokens, and then you say, get out of here, and you, you destroy <laughs> one of the creatures. You literally Here's your map, idiot. You tell one of their creatures to get lost, which I love. I love it. Um, how about you go and uh, how about you go and take this map and uh, get out of here? How about oh, you? No. How about you? How about you? take this uh, take this set of directions here and find your way off of this goddamn battlefield? Huh? <laughs> I love it. I think it's really funny. Um, That's and, awesome, and dude. In our in our audio only podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm going to once again say that there is a, an extended art version of this card that is just insane. So there's okay. a there's a, a vampire conquistador that has been reduced to bones, except his bones are decaying now as well into kind of a green slime. And behind him, there is a million colors and shapes and uh, it's 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 acid trip the magic card. Acid trip uh, the magic. Yeah, 
It's uh, oh, I just saw it. Yep. Okay. Looking at it right now, Hunter. <laughs> I I just had to double confirm. Yes. Yes. And you know the Aztec inspired art is something oh. I guess I didn't realize I I needed this Hunter. Now that it's here, the 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 Aztec calendars, the 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 Incan uh, carvings and designs, and and the the Nazca lines that they're giving us, like there's so many references here that are just so good that we're getting now. So Get Lost is my number four pick. Not What's to mention, not to mention your proxy Cavern of Souls, folks. The kid just keeps pulling Aztec Cavern of Souls. And am I envious? Yes. That's all now, I will say. That's all I will say. It's ridiculous. I have been incredibly fortunate with my pulls from this set. I've pulled, I've pulled extremely, extremely good cards from this You've set. You've done so very I, well. You've done it definitely does well. help to fuel my love for this set. <laughs> Is it why I love this set? Certainly not. I now, at this point, <laughs> have an hour and 10 minutes of content of me explaining why I love this set yeah, instead yeah. of just my pulls, you know? Exactly. We're not just saying that, you know, for the value, but my goodness, is it ever good? Um, Kenny, in the midst of talking about this for an hour and 13 minutes now, let's not forget that they included gods in this set as well. Oh. And I am actually... I, I I totally kind of blacked out, and I thought they also have like a fucking bat god. They have all the colors, okay? They have all the colors of like Aztec gods. Well, and it's um yes. Go ahead. Way back in me. the beginning of this podcast, when we were kind of discussing the lore, what happens in this set, you'll remember I mentioned that there was a bat god named Aklazot. Right. No, that's right. That's uh, right. That that's wanted right. to take down the sun. So there he is. There he is. Hard. But it is not that one. The Bat God is not what I chose. I had to choose the red one, Ogier Axonil Deepest Might. Okay, this card is pretty cracked. Um, it is, let's see if the freaking page will load for me. Uh, it, it looks like he's, uh, I'm going to try and describe it for you. Audio only podcast. Take a shot every time you do it. <laughs> He's got a dinosaur arm, okay? He he's does. Got, he's got you like a lizard tail. Up here. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a lizard tail. Um, I first thought it was a monkey, but he's got like a fire sword in his other hand. He also has a skull for a face. Um, it's one of the most metal images I've ever seen in my life, and I spat out my coffee as soon as I saw this spoil. Um, it's 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 mono red, so it's too mountain, too generic. Trample, all right. If a red source you control would deal an amount of non-combat damage less than Ogier Axonil's power to an opponent, that source deals damage equal to Ogier Axonil's power instead. And when this card dies, you return it to the battlefield tapped and transformed under its owner's control. Uh, ridiculous. Oh, and then you have what it transforms into is Temple of Power, which is a land. You can add a mountain, of course. 
or you can tap for two generic and one mountain to transform Temple of Power. You activate only if red sources you control deal four damage, uh, deal four or more non-combat damage this turn. This uh, sorry, this turn, and only as a sorcery. So sorcery speed. So it's not instant. So you can't do it. You have to do it on your turn. Um, now, folks, let me just describe for you that what I would plan to do. If I was running this card, let's say and in my mono red goblin deck, you pump up this god, okay? And then you maybe combine it with uh, Perforos that deals two damage to each uh, when another goblin enters the battlefield. It's actually going to deal four instead. So if I make a bunch of goblins, I'm actually dealing whatever I have Axinal's power at. So you just smack the shit out of your opponent. You go, okay, I'm killing the whole table by dealing four damage per goblin token. Or let's say I were to like just pump up this red god and just smack you in the face with it. As someone, I think, who, who I've gotten more with red, this card is pretty fucking nuts. And it's a contender, perhaps, as a commander. But Kenny, what do you think of this? One thing I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. Just a little correction here, Hunter, is that it yeah. does specify uh, non combat damage. But yes, I know. But I think you can still when like you're when you're when you're just playing the goblins. So in a goblin deck, right? Yeah. yeah. So if, if a one one goblin were to uh, connect with an opponent, it would still just deal one damage. Yes, but I'm talking if let's say Perforos. Let's say if you yes. had Perforos right. and, and that, true. yeah. Yeah, that's if you true. had Perforos... Perforos deck, dude? I mean, that would be kind of ambitious, but to see that go off, I'd probably put my head through a monitor of how hyped I'd be yeah, of winning like that. That's in a perfect world, but I thought that was ridiculous. That yeah, was ridiculous. and so there is there are five gods in this set. There's one mm -hmm. god for each color. Uh, each of them is uh, Ogier, so you've got Ogier yep. Ogier Pak Patik. Aklazots, interesting. There's no Ogier Aklazots, it's just Aklazots. Okay. Then you've got Ogier Axanil and Ogier Kazlim. The and green one is ridiculous as well. The green, the green one, one is as well. But basically, the way that these legendary creatures work is that as gods, basically, their whole thing is that they've got a crazy powerful ability, but when they die, they turn into a land. They flip and turn into a land that you can use. And each one of those lands has an additional ability that if you meet their criteria, it'll flip back and become the god again. It's a very it. cool design. I love it. It's a really cool design. It's a really cool idea, I think, for Commander as well. Because the way that Commander is designed... Um, usually there's a lot of your commander going back to the command zone from which you can cast it again. Um, this is very familiar to magic players. What's not familiar to magic players is having their commander turn into a land, but that being a good thing. Yeah. Well, because it you means it have the utility. Back. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's a really interesting thing. And, and it'll be interesting to see how these, this, this set of gods, uh, end up uh, affecting what we play. That's my right. number two. I'll let you get on with yours. There, go ahead. I've got I've got my final card here. Final um, card. All right. 
I've got my final card here. And, you know, again, I, I, I did this wrong. I started with, <laughs> I, I started with my, with my favorites. Um, well, that's okay. No worries. Worked my way down. But uh, what I'm kind of doing here is cheating Hunter. I've actually got five here. Okay. Um, but these five are all lands mm-hmm. and they're a land of each color, basically. Um, they are the hidden cave lands. Ooh. And in this, uh, what we call a cycle, when magic players use the term cycle, what they're referring to is uh, there being a card with a similar effect in each of the five colors. So you've got hidden courtyard, hidden cataract, hidden necropolis, hidden volcano, and hidden nursery. And hidden nursery, I've specifically selected as my representative of this cycle of lands because hidden nursery has a bunch of mushrooms in it. It's like a mushroom <laughs> land, which is fantastic. Means that I can put that in my mushroom deck, probably. Hell yeah, hell yeah. The way that, the way that hidden nursery works is it's a land that enters the battlefield tapped, and then it taps for a green mana. That's it. But it has another ability later on that says you can pay five mana and you sacrifice the land and then you get to discover four. This is really cool. The I, I think I spoke at the beginning about Cascade, about um, Discover. Yep, yep. That mm-hmm. Discover is kind of random. You flip off the top of your library into a card. Um, and in this case, because it says Discover four, you're going to flip cards from the top of your library until you reveal a card with mana cost four or less and you cast it for free or you put it into your hand. Um, Discover is a really, really powerful ability. And we're seeing it on a cycle of common lands in this set. That's cool. That's really powerful. Um, and there's been a few times now in both of the both the draft that I've done and the the sealed pre-release that I've done, um, these lands uh, have have proven themselves times that the game will kind of slow down, but then it'll get action packed again because you'll have one of these lands that you can choose to just pop, and when you pop it, you get the top spell of your your library. It's very exciting, and I think it's a great example of the power level of this set i like that choice cave tribal never thought that i would be saying that as yeah. a long list of things that um it, we talked earlier in the episode and uh or actually before the episode and i was noticing when i was doing a bit of research that you can do cave tribal in drafts that uh uh i'm playing a lot of arena right now kenny kind of getting my fix while I'm away, of course, and um, kind of seeing, you know, what the flavors are, what people are saying in the meta. And once I saw that someone as ambitious as they would to do five-player cave tribal with, like, cave-type creatures, I thought, please do it. I'd be all about that. I'd be, I'd be, that'd be interesting just to play against, and I'd be all for that. So I appreciate that. That's a, that's a really cool, I like that pick. It's so awesome, dude. Uh, real quick, um, I'm exhausted from talking about. We've <laughs> <laughs> been talking so much, and I had all these ambitious things that I keep wanting to talk about. But I had like my honorable mentions. I'm not even gonna. I'll go into that really quickly. But lastly, my last pick is 
It's blood letter of Alclazot. All right. Oh. It's a vampire demon. Oh. Uh, it's a black card, triple black, and one generic flying. If an opponent would lose life during your turn, they lose twice that much life instead. Of course, I'm thinking about uh, Grey Merchant of Asphodel oh. and this card. Destruction. Um, as someone who has um, a kindred demon deck led by uh, um, Bellacor, this is an auto-include. This is something that is disgusting. This is this is gross. And the fact that it's here, I don't know, man. It's getting ridiculous of how much power is in this set. So that had to be the last pick. Of course, I'm picking a vampire demon. Um, you know, just looks like a just looks like a bat wielding a fucking mace. Yeah. Um, across like a bridge. With, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Demon, yeah. Demon looking motherfucker. It's uh. <laughs> oh, dude. Bloodletter of Aklazots is a great pick. Was it was one of the ones that I had I had almost selected to be in my top five. Okay. Um, yeah. Very very powerful card. Um, Ridiculous. But it requires three black mana to cast it. Three That's black and a generic. So it's it's not it's not the easiest card to get on the battlefield based on its mana requirements there, but. Uh, Boy, does it ever pack a wallop and pay to play two four. Yeah, exactly. Comboed with a card like uh like Grey Merchant of Ashfidel, who becomes more powerful when things on the battlefield have more black pips on them. This guy itself has three. So yeah, I mean you're losing a ton of health. It's bad. It's 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 not necessarily um uh, breaking news that we found new ways to make Grey Merchant of Ashfidel very powerful. Even more bad? Yeah. But uh, I do think that Bloodletter of Aquazots has delicious potential um, for, you know, speeding up games. With, you know, you, you talk to Commander players, I do think the majority of Commander players will agree that games going faster is not a bad idea and cards like this that are going to make it so that way your opponents lose twice as much life that's definitely going to make the game go faster that's for sure i would hot take this that this is a card that i think we'll see like it's going to go up to 30 dollars that's what i guess that's going to be you know what since of this recording what's the date it's the 30th of november Uh uh-huh um, I'm going to say that we're going to see this card go up to 30, 35. That's what I think it will stay at. That's where you I think, think it's going to go. Think it's gonna, you think it, well, okay, well, then that means that obviously... I don't know what it is right now. I have no well, idea what it is right now. We we definitely got to look that up then, Hunter, right? Yeah, um, we can look that up. Um, a 2-4, but I mean, yeah, as we were talking about with Demon Kindred with... Uh, even aristocratic strategies, this card is pretty nuts. Is a good finisher. Kenny, what's the okay. word on that for me? So, Hunter, this is interesting. Uh, right now, face-to-face, uh, of course, we're using uh, Canadian prices for our of listeners. Of course, yeah, we, yeah, we're using Canadian it's, prices. It's, it's uh, very uncommon for uh, anybody talking about Magic the Gathering to be talking in <laughs> Canadian prices, but, you yeah. know... 
in, in this drive uh, because that's just kind of the way that we live. Um, yep. Face to Face has it listed at sixteen ninety nine. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. and that's interesting because that means that your prediction of $30, $35 would put it at about twice the price that it's at right now. Okay. So we are not in the business of getting financial advice to our listeners. We are not. So no, do not take that as but something Hunter, that you subscribe to. Hunter is thinking that- That's, a, that's card, an uneducated guess. Hunter is, Hunter is estimating that this card is going to- But that makes sense because this is your guess. That's your yep. guess. And I have mine. My guess is that uh, is that Roaming Throne Roman is going to be in the $30, $40 range, probably. Um, or at least my guess was more that it's going to be the most expensive card of the set. Um, and you're betting that Blood Letter is going to be in the 30, in 30 range? I could see it, Hunter. You know what? I will say 35 to 40. That's my window. 35 to 40 bucks. You're upping it. That's what I'm going to say. That's it, it, Hunter. You're taking it further. That's it. I'm cranking up the dial just a couple of more inches, and we're cranking the dial. $35 to $40. $35 to $40. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And you watch as you maybe maybe we're experts. Maybe we'll come back and we'll see that that's the case, and then we'll have to have like an updated post. I, this is all that's all dreaming. I'm dreaming of that to see if, if we if happens. we nail it on our first episode. I'm gonna be. I'll freak out. I'll freak out. I'm gonna be so impressed. But also, what that means is that both your if both your prediction and my prediction are true. Yeah. That would mean. So that would mean Blood Letter of Aquazots would need to be like $35, $40. And I said that I think Roaming Throne will be the most expensive card of the set, meaning that Ooh. Roaming Throne would need to be more than $40, which, bro, <laughs> oof. I can see us now. We're going to be texting about this. Like, we're, we're going to be on our laptops checking each other of like, bro, it's at $25 now. Bro, it's fucking it's getting up there. So it's going to be ridiculous. Raven. <laughs> Lastly, Kenny, I got to, because I know that we've been, it's, it's, it's almost an hour and 30 minutes, okay? Jesus Christ. Can this I, is ridiculous. Can I just say, <laughs> there is a listener out there in this world right now. At, like, if there if is you have stayed single, here, if you if have stayed a single with... person that is still listening to the podcast at this point, and I, I want to give you full credit as well. I want to say if you are listening to this podcast while oh my God. You are, while you are cooking dinner or while you're doing something else, you still get full points in my opinion. If you have made it an hour and a half into listening to us talk about Caverns of Ixalan, I need you to know I love you. I love you. Yes, we love you. Please send us like, hey, I listened to the full thing on the post that I'll probably put up tomorrow on our social media at hey. I believe. Hey, hey. The the secret code is banana split. Okay, you know what? I like that. Banana if, if split. You can, if you can send us the word banana split, then we will mention your name in a future episode. Magic Tavern MTG. That's us on Instagram. Um <laughs> banana split is the code word now banana split i love it kenny i love this idea very quickly i wanted to just these are my these are my uh my um these are my uh runner ups okay really quick i'm not going to read the card i'm yeah, just going to tell you um 
Don Andres, the renegade, conquistador pirate that takes your things, um, spells you don't own, and you make tap treasure tokens. That's a runner-up. Uh-huh. Uh, Breaches, eager pillager. It's a goblin uh-huh. pirate with first strike. Um, you can either, when you attack with it, you can make a treasure token. Target creature can't block. Or you exile the top card. You may play it this turn. And my last one is careening minecart. Kenny, if you don't put this in dwarves, I'm going to be super pissed. Because careening minecart? Dwarves? Minecarts? Vehicles? I want you to put careening minecart in your deck. Bro, careening minecart, really quick. I I said I wouldn't read the cards. I am. It's a 3-3 for 3 generic. When you attack with it, create a treasure token. Bro, it's a crew of one. Cards cracked. Cards yep. cracked. Bro, <laughs> cards cracked. That with Magda, you make a bunch of treasure tokens. Careening minecart hot take should go in your uh, dwarf deck. I'm done. That's all I have for you. Yeah. And you I think on that on that point, let's uh let's begin the wrap-up process here. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One more. <laughs> one more. I've got one more. This is the worst art. This card. And my award, okay, my award for the worst art goes to Palani Hatcher, okay? This art sucks. I don't like it. It's disgusting. It's gross. But the card is actually really good. It's a (laughs) 5-3. Other dinos have haste. When it enters, you make two zero one green dinosaur egg creature tokens at the beginning of combat on your turn. If you control one or more eggs, sacrifice an egg, and then you make a 3-3 dinosaur. And it has haste, but the art sucks because it's like a fucking dinosaur pushing an egg to a little dinosaur, and it's not a dinosaur in armor. I'm exhausted. I'm done. Okay, that's oh, it. A very hard thing. It. Uh, for, the, for the listeners that <laughs> made it this far, a very hard thing for Hunter to accept is that Polani's Hatcher is the updated and arguably better version mm. of Registrar mm. Alpha. Yeah, which yeah. is, you know, it's a hard pill to swallow. Um, but what I will say is that while Polani's Hatcher may be the better mechanical card, it's not a dinosaur wearing armor. So it's not a dinosaur wearing it, armor, but you know what? You can have both. You can have both. And yep. that's important. That's important. I can imagine when... Hunter making an alt art where it's like holding a shield. Polani's Hatcher is just like holding a shield so that way you feel better. Probably you... like rocket launchers on its back. <laughs> like a raptor's riding it with Uzis in its hands. Like something like that. Like I want that. Like, bro, make a secret layer where you know dinosaurs what? are holding guns. That's what I want, okay? <laughs> Yo, don't give Wizards of the Coast ideas. They'll do it. Take my money, bro. $50. It's already done. I've already Ooh. spent the money. Um, But sorry, yes. We were talking. Everybody, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We got to end this thing. We got to stop. Because, we got to stop. Because the thing is, we've made it this far. We haven't even mentioned Jurassic World. Oh, Jesus we haven't Christ. Met, oh. But we can't. We can't. We can't. We're an hour and 35 minutes in. So here's the thing. I think that maybe in the future we'll have an episode talk their ips coming into okay. the magic gathering That's world a good we'll idea that is an opportunity to talk about them it can't be on this episode though we we've we've in 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 summary we've talked about the lore of this set what happens in it we've talked about the previous ixalan versions we've talked about how the two of them interact 
We've talked about our favorite cards from the original Ixalan. We've talked about our favorite cards from the new Ixalan. We've talked about how they mesh together. There's been a lot of We've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Here. The we big can. takeaways, guys, are that this set seems absolutely phenomenal. And if you're looking to get into the game, if you're looking to give it a try, this is definitely a great set to dip your toes into because boy is it ever just magic the gathering at its best out of 10 kenny what is it out of 10 out of 10 i you know man wow a little on the spot here but you know i i I think i i think i might need to give it I might need to give it a a nine. Ooh, he's giving a nine, nine folks. I know, a nine. I know, Jesus Christ! It, like it's a it's it's big. I know, and at like maybe eight point five. Okay, you know, maybe maybe I could take it to an eight point five. But like, I'm trying to think about what this set could do better. Okay. And is there it, any criticism there? Is there anything there I, overall? I I I don't have a whole lot, man. I think that this set does a lot of things perfectly. Mm, I, mm. I think it's got great reprints. It's got great theme. It's got great powerful mechanics. It's got great flavor reflected in the mechanics. Um. I I gotta say I it it hits all the marks for me, and while it may not be my favorite set of all time, it's definitely it definitely deserves to be in the in the wow dare I say top top five maybe holy shit wow I was not expecting that you mentioned um. I, I really liked how we talked in the first episode about saving sets for a later rainy day. Absolutely. Is this one of them? Is this one of them? Hunter, I'm so glad you asked. It absolutely is. Um, Hell yeah. Hell what I'm yeah. trying to do is I'm trying to, I'm trying to train myself uh, out of the FOMO, the, the fear sure. of missing out buying. Um, sure. Because sure. right now I think boxes are, you know, there's a lot of hype with this set. And I think that the prices are are higher than they need to be at the time. But um, for for the listeners at home, uh, and and we'll talk about this more in future casts. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. do have a small collection of sealed Magic: The Gathering product um, that I'm keeping, not because I want to treat it as an investment vehicle, uh, not because I think that I will be able to sell it later for greater value, but because. I fully intend to open those boxes and play them with my friends at a later date. And so they will sit on my shelf and they will wait for many years until the day comes and I call upon them to bring me an afternoon of fun. What a beautiful, what a beautiful sentimental thing that I love that it's not even for financial, but it's for the memories. And that is so poignant that, um, I, I only have the one of the Kamigawa, but that's another time. I That's another time. Hunter, um, give me your Ixalan rating out of 10, brother. From what I've seen, my friend, I'm going to say it's a solid eight for me. 
Um, I like the incorporation of the gods. I like the kindred that we're seeing. I love the commander decks. As someone who loves the kindred stuff, um, you've sold me. So the fact that we're getting more of that and we're coming back to such a beloved um, block and landscape, I was happy to see this set. Um, what a year it's been for Magic. What a year it's been pretty fucking incredible and insane at the same time. I can't believe Eldraine's already over. When you said that, I was like, Eldraine was a huge set. It was. So the fact that we're already past that. I know. Um, this is what magic is. We're living in an era where stuff is going by us so fast that when something really hits, it hits incredibly hard. So yeah. um, I have yet to play it, but hopefully when I see you or amongst our friends who have cracked packs of this i'm excited to see what awaits us at the battlefield table absolutely absolutely hunter buddy it's been such a pleasure being able to hang out and talk magic with you uh do you want to run an outro for me what do you what do you sure um absolutely well kenny um thank you for uh hosting a, such a beloved lovely episode um, folks, if you want to follow us, and I appreciate all the comments that you've been sending our way, if you've made it this far, remember, first, banana split. Don't just scrub to the ending, because that's that's stupid. Don't do that. Um, if you've been here, uh, uh, you can follow us at Magic Tavern MTG. We're going to be posting it, uh, probably an image, followed by the upload will be up tomorrow. So... Um, and we'll, uh, I guess, stay tuned for the next one. Who knows what it will be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, so we'll, we'll have to we'll have to discuss. But stay tuned uh, for when we'll be coming back. So thank you for coming to the tavern. Have a drink. Pay your bill. Treat your bartenders nice. And we'll see you in the next one. Good night, everyone. <laughs>